0: Every day we in a and Piktar's podcast. Welcome back hoisters. This is the extended discussion for the pilot episode Fire in the Hole of the series Justified. If you would like a spoiler-free evaluation, check out your podcast app or our website for the mini sode of Justified. Listen, watch and return. Because we are about to let the spoilers flow like wine, don't be hoist by your own petard.
1: This is Drew. I'm the pragmatic and bleeding heart cyclops of this podcast.
0: I'm Jimbo, the anti millennial, non conforming existentialist pilot critic, and of the podcast.
2: I'm Liz. I am a mother of now two cats, uh, the spark plug and keeper of hot takes. I dole them out as I will.
0: And the magically undefeated Miss Mo, master of spoilers and lover of nobos is out she might be out for like a month she's okay and this is the podcast with nothing much ado about aircrafts and potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series disclaimer petard is a word look it up later so you don't get hoisted by your own petard we
2: would like to thank today's sponsor public libraries for the ad-free listening we would like to send a big f you Too flopping? It's annoying. Just play ball, y'all. Contact us to sponsor a show or slander a rival.
0: And if you enjoyed today's ad free entertainment, you owe us. We could stack never ending crooked ads. We could create sob stories as to why we need your hard earned money, but we don't. Repay your debt by leaving us an iTunes review or tell someone else about our podcast or listen to more episodes. Part two is our filmic analysis and interpretation. We are gonna dive into the story and we're gonna take a look at it. As always, we're gonna start with the Crab Man Award. Crabman Award goes to a character with a small role that is giving a large contribution to the pilot episode. Yeah, so I really like my Crabman. I'm hoping I can swing you guys. Marshall Givens, they references dad at least twice. His dad his dad is not a good guy. So I think that builds on that complex character that Liz was kind of mentioning at, and I think his dad does a, a really lot of heavy lifting. He's not on screen at all, just referenced.
2: I like the idea. I'm gonna need more, more oomph to, to sway me. Well, because I remember Boyd is saying, like, how's your daddy?
0: Yeah, Boyd asked him about mm-hmm. his dad, and then he even asked him, when he killed that Miami mob boss, did he see his father's face first? Ooh,
2: I do like that.
0: I'm not sure if his father went to prison, but his father was trafficking drugs he's definitely a criminal even if he hasn't been convicted
2: the first guy that he justified killed was a involved with a drug cartel i'm seeing connect i feel like yep. charlie day and mm-hmm. like the mail room mm-hmm. right now pepe Silve
0: yep if yeah, anybody's definitely. watched it's always sunny <laughs> hoisters before drew starts talking i have to warn you he has a serious echo Please forgive us. Bear with us. I hope you can still enjoy the conversation.
1: So I'm going to throw a crab man out there. I can't remember his, his name. He's either a good sign or a bad sign. That's for good. Man, Raylan, the ex-wife's husband, who kind of wakes up at the end of the episode and is complaining all the, all the way down. He's a doofus. You know, He's, there's a lot, a lot of storytelling there with, you know, who she chose to remarry, who she chose to marry after Raylan. And, well, I was going to say, I'm very crab
0: man-able. Actually, don't like that scene. They are way too cool with him breaking into their house.
1: Hey, hey, hey! I'm going to get to that. I'm going to—that's part of my literary analysis. All
0: right, Liz.
2: I picked the Nazi kid from Oklahoma who got shot, mostly because I, I think it's really funny that his concern was like that his car would get tagged. I feel like if I'm pointing a rocket launcher at somebody, my first instinct is like, I hope they don't remember all like seven digits of my license plate or however many. That kid was kind of an odd person to me, and he felt like he was poorly written, which is why I remembered him.
0: He was poorly written.
2: He was absolutely there to show like how ruthless Boyd is and how mistrusting Boyd is.
0: Yeah, what's it called when you're like way too much of a foil character? Dude, he's a red shirt. All right, then that's him. I like mine, man. You guys got to give it up for Given's dad.
2: I'm going to move to Given's dad because mine is, is literally not actually... Like, mine is an accessory. Not even just to a, a a crime. Mine is actually just like a Barbie accessory for Boyd.
1: Yes, <laughs> do, you, do you watch this show? Raylan's dad is really interesting throughout. All right, so yeah, let's, let's get moving. So,
0: by unanimous decision, Givens' dad is going home with the Crab Criminal Dad Award. <laughs> Hoisters, we're going to move into our MVP. This is the most valuable part of the pilot. It can be anything on or off screen. Go ahead, Liz. Start us off.
2: Uh, I actually really like Ava. Um, I feel like she's kind of a sociopath, but I like that about her. Um, and I appreciate that she had some agency. I don't. I, I imagine she had enough of a head injury that she was like, yeah, I'm just going to shoot this guy. Because um, she literally at one point was just like, he hit me so hard when I fell on the stove that I, that I woke up from consciousness and I decided I was going to sh- But I just thought her character in general was really interesting and kind of a little bit bucked a lot of what you usually see the battered wife character to act like. So I, I liked that about her.
0: <laughs> I have to agree. There was there's something about her, though. I wasn't sure if maybe she was drunk when Marshall Givens goes to see her the first time.
2: The reason her behavior is so bizarre is because she has a severe head injury, and mind you, I'm not a doctor, but
0: yeah, so that makes sense. Let's just skip Drew and I's MVPs because they're not all that valuable or worth talking about. So let's move on to our literary analysis. And Drew, let's jump back to yours.
1: Man, those things seemed cool until 2010. Like, there's definitely like like. Things really could point out in twenty nineteen, less cool. And the biggest one that stands out is like him breaking into his like wife's house. Not that it's like you know, a weird power play thing. It's just more like there should have been more like, get out of my house, like
2: No, it's definitely like a giant red
0: flag. <laughs> I'll add a little bit of context to the original story. The original story was written in two thousand one, which doesn't help all that much, but but I think the characters were more like Vietnam era characters like the the main characters were more like 50 in the short story. So that would make them a little more old-fashioned which might justify getting drunk and breaking into your ex-wife's house for like a little chit-chat because you're having a mental breakdown or something. Justify? But
1: I Yes. Concerned. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that could, that could be a good um adjective to show old-fashioned, old-fashioned in a in a nice way.
2: There are a lot of things he did that remind me a little bit of like almost like Clint Eastwood. Yes. You know, this is very much that generation. Not that that generation's logic, but applied to, like, today's modern worlds, where it's like, you know, you don't have the, like, nest cameras, and you don't have a ring alarm to go off, and Alexa's not going to turn the lights on when somebody you don't know walks in, you know? like
0: This actually jumps into one of the questions I had. So, is Raylan really a vigilante? Because... I do not see him as a Dirty Harry or a Frank Castle character. I almost feel like he's like if Dirty Harry had a conscience or something.
2: He he reminds me of like Jim Gordon.
0: He's way more like a Jim Gordon character.
2: He skirts lines because he he knows there's so much bureaucracy and he's seen so much shit and he's like living and kind of like... Just this really blurry, blurry world, and and like obviously he doesn't have like a bat signal and a Batman running around. But I think that's kind of where he is.
1: You know, like I think that he made the decision before and pulled on him that he was going to shoot them, and so I think that would make him a vigilante because like he's kind of like looking for excuse.
2: I also think he wants to be a vigilante.
1: I. What do you think, Jimbo? Wait, what do you think? of the question posed. Do you
0: think he's a vigilante? I don't. I think maybe he wants to be. I like what Liz says, like he wants to be. In both instances, he waits for the other person to pull the gun.
2: I also think he's scared to cross that line.
0: I think it's kind of poor writing because I think the show is way better if he just pops the dude in Miami without the guy pulling a gun. In fact, the guy doesn't even need to have a gun. He's like a mob boss and he's eating in a restaurant. Like, why does he even have a gun on him?
2: But I disagree. Batman's not Batman if he doesn't have the no-kill rule. Like, you lose the entire concept of this show if he's not constantly asking himself.
0: Yeah, you'd have to change the name to Unjustified.
2: (laughs) If he's not constantly questioning whether or not this killing was justified, whether or not he has has the right to shoot somebody, has the right to pull his gun, then he's kind of lost the part of him that isn't this deep dark person and he also if he has this kind of problematic relationship with his father where he's terrified of going down that similar road that Boyd has gone down and the only thing that's keeping him quote unquote you know justified is the fact that somebody did pull their gun first who's to say that if you cross that line where's next
1: so, May, there's some interesting layers to this pilot you're, you're fucking judging on. <laughs> um,
0: I like Liz's response a lot, but I would like to see him have to instigate the mob boss more than. It was kind of, e- like, too convenient for me.
2: No, it, I mean, it is it is convenient, but you also have to consider how easy how easy is it to talk yourself into buying the pack of Oreos? How easy is it to say, well, I can treat myself? He's kind of in the same same logic boat where he's like well he pulled first and that's that's a dangerous road to go down but that's the road he's currently going
1: down let me ask this is this a better pilot if we never even scene? Like, like is that necessary what if it all just starts walking through the kentucky airport
2: i almost think i like drew's idea where it would almost be better if if the the last scene would be stronger if he was telling what the first scene was and if that was our first iteration of the first scene.
0: Yeah, I think like the foreshadowing was way too strong on the opening scene. I just, I I, I guess what I'm getting at is I really don't like the opening scene. I think they could have improved it a couple different ways. Liz should have wrote that opening scene.
2: Hashtag hire me.
1: Would you think you got kicked back by, like, executives who were like, were, like, test audiences who, like, didn't get it? Didn't get it. I don't know. It could have been, been done, or...
0: Well, I mean, like, the plot is completely based on the short story, yet the dialogue is not. They add a lot of dialogue in. I,
2: I almost wonder if they think that the audience... Because there were moments in this dialogue where they think the audience is stupid. That's which exactly is frustrating. Because FX is not traditional network. Like, in theory, if it's going on FX this isn't the same audience that's watching as CBS network. So sometimes it felt like this was the same writing as somebody who was doing CSI. And it's like, why like, give yourself, give your audience some credit. Like we're not idiots.
0: I agree there. Liz, do we want to jump back into the problematic Nazis?
2: I do. Cause there was something that kind of pointed out to me when, uh, when Raylan was speaking with Boyd and he said, I think you like to blow things up and get money. I, When he was saying, you don't even know a Jewish person, like you don't actually believe this shit in the Bible. And while there may be some truth to that, there's also a lot of problematic issues with that. The whole moniker of, you know, the Jews are taking all our money, all of that is how, you know, they convert, you know, get white supremacists. And and it's just this idea that kind of equating white supremacists with anarchists, and it's just not the same.
1: <laughs> See, I don't think when he was talking about, like, the system dissembling, like, to me, it's also, like, supremacist, like, Nazi language, like, believing in, like, an already corrupt system that is, like, anti-Semitic in nature. So I'm not sure he was necessarily shifting from, like, like Nazi to anarchy.
2: But Raylan was more or less equating his his saying that you're not a nazi you're like an anarchist like you don't believe in this nazi crap which maybe deep down he probably doesn't a lot of white supremacists deep down don't they've been kind of brainwashed but the idea of equating those two political ideologies to be the same i think is fundamentally incorrect
0: i didn't interpret it that way either i kind of interpreted it as he's He's like using that as a means to to justify so whether he believes it or not, like he's doing what he wants to do and he finds that as a means to do what he wants to do.
1: I thought, I thought when they were talking about it as MO, like when they were reading his file, that they said that was his his like shtick. Like he would like stir up like white supremacist, like paranoia and like, like threat that scenario and then rob stuff while they were, like, distracted, so, I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'll watch it again, but I'm kind of a jimbo, I didn't exactly, exactly think about it that way, but, I mean, now I can watch it again and think about it like that.
2: Maybe that's just me reading into it, but I do, I do find it interesting that he eventually becomes a bigger part of the show, it does, like, because I, I don't like the idea of this guy who's, like, a Nazi becoming sympathetic
1: in any way, like... <laughs> what i think maybe they're doing anything any, like i mean they should, should to the them live is they might have been giving themselves like, a narrative backdoor you know that he's a sociopath manipulating this group and eventually he'll be a sociopath manipulating another group um uh, maybe that's how they were like trying to paint it just so that
2: but yeah that was just that was something that stuck out to me because it, it did feel like it was it was kind of fundamentally not understanding nazi ideology in general
0: I mean, th- I mean, this might be a subtle distinction, but I, I don't think they were actually Nazis. Yeah, so, so we're, so we're kind of just interchanging Nazi just for white supremacist. That's they it,
2: had fine. a lot of yeah. different, different like monikers around their little hideout. It also could just be that this is an older pilot, like, like the words we use today, and 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 Nazis as we know them today has changed. So, so it, it could be like you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like changed weirdly enough
0: i'm gonna have to blame the writing and directing for that and now hoisters we are going to move into part three part three part three we're going to go outside of the pilot we're going to talk about the themes so to the stage are stormy daniels dangling threads of interest and apparently we did not give stormy the memo maybe she doesn't know that we are back from our break because we have no stormy news stormy what's up Liz is going to hit us with a real-life vigilante story.
2: Uh, so a resident of New York uh, was attacked on the subway, and so he took it upon himself and basically killed all of his attackers. And the cops are... He called 911. 911 didn't call, like come in time, so he killed all the attackers. And then the cops arrested him. And his lawyer actually argued that he had to take it upon himself and then the cops was like well that's a vigilantism and the la- and the lawyer argued back that if the state does not adequately protect you you have the right to protect yourself as a vigilante and the and the judge said yeah no that's fair and all charges were dropped
0: wow and that
2: was in like the 70s because it was
0: that makes more sense <laughs>
2: So yeah, New York in the 70s was a wild place.
0: So before Drew and I started a podcast on pilots, I was throwing around this idea of doing a podcast on vigilantes or the history of vigilantes. So I actually did some research. When does the vigilante show up? And so one of the things you kind of have to have a government to have a vigilante. So I noticed like a lot of the the blurry stories around like revenge stories eventually kind of start evolving into vigilante stories. I ended up looking up kind of like the oldest revenge stories, which was kind of fun as well. It's kind of hard to find, you know, the first like undisputed vigilante story. And and actually like a lot of the vigilantes, like the first vigilante stories are more like historical people, kind of civil war-ish era. Like you can even look at like John Brown as being... Maybe one of the first vi- Vigilantes, who also has a movie coming out soon.
2: I can tell you the first Vigilante comic is usually considered in 1920. There was a French comic. Raff the Phantom.
0: I think there's also a French movie around the same time period, and it was called something like Vigilantes, like 20 minutes.
2: So here it's not, which is also kind of interesting here. He doesn't really talk about, he doesn't mention it much, the bureaucratic failures of the United States government.
0: It's not mentioned at all. In fact, that the the police that he's working with, I guess, I guess they're marshals too. Like, like are his coworkers marshals? They're marshals. They're really effective. They're good. Yeah.
2: Which yeah, is kind true. of interesting to me that you have what is basically a vigilante story. You have a guy who's more or less decided that the 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 system we have is so flawed that I have to take matters into my own hands. But at no point are you seeing the flaws of the
0: system is he even seeing a flawed system or does he see a system that he can take advantage of?
1: I mean, maybe it's one where he, he like, him, he fits, which might be disturbing based on what he's good at doing.
2: I mean, if it is one of those things where it's like, if he is the angriest person that his ex-wife has ever met, is this him getting his anger out?
1: That's what makes me think that he wanted to shoot them. That's what makes me think that he did it on purpose.
0: Drew, j- just tell us. What's the answer? You've seen all six six seasons.
1: Oh, oh, I don't know. Um,
0: it's
1: a good shit show. It's a, it's not like that's a major plot point and eventually breaks sense, is it?
0: The answers to his inner demons are not really answered.
1: Well, I mean, can we spoil the entire show? Yes. I mean, it's
0: up to Liz. Yeah, go for it.
1: <laughs> no, um, he, he he is able to like, kind of pull himself out. He eventually has his kids with his first wife, his only wife. Um, They get re- remarried. And he kind of is able to pull himself back back for the break.
0: If you are still listening, which I know you are, you owe us. So repay your debt by telling someone else about our podcast or leaving us that iTunes rating. Remember, what would Carson Daly do? So this concludes our episode for Justified Fire in the Hole. And if you can't tell by the plugs I'm about to announce, this show is officially over. But if you love us as much as we love us, we're going to stick around for a few more minutes. Maybe. Follow our blog, join our Facebook group, follow the Twitter accounts, continue the discussions online. Check out Jake Drew. He produced our intro and outro music. And next week, we're not sure what we're doing. We will do something. Does anyone else have anything to plug before?
2: I just started a new podcast, uh, which is also part of the But Why Though Community. Uh, So it's a comedy podcast because other than watching the pilot of Game of Thrones here, I've watched none of them. So with Ash and I, who does a few podcasts also on Bowie, though, I'm watching the final season with her. You
0: guys with Rhodes? It's hilarious.
2: And we recap it, and it is hilarious because I don't know what the fuck is going on.
0: Hey, I've I've like kind of been doing that too. I watched the I watched the, <laughs> s- the season seven first episode, and I fell asleep halfway through the second one. So I
2: did not fall asleep. But uh, if you want to hear <laughs> some uh, some uh, quotes from it, I say things like, "Is King Justin Bieber still alive?"
0: Oh yeah, I had that same question. It's surprising how well you know what's going on in the first episode of season 7 from only the pilot. I still had like a good idea of what was going on. Like it was surprising. Like I was like I I know all these characters.
2: A lot of the pilot mattered.
0: That's good, man. You know, so so I'm a little less upset about how high it was ranked.
2: Uh so if you want to hear me make a fool of myself, that is on uh, but why though we are getting on itunes pretty soon that is currently a process right? all right
0: so stay tuned for that it what's the name of the show? the show notes
2: it's called competition of chairs
0: <laughs> i like that all right
1: jimbo do you want to leave this end game discussion
0: i didn't like it i i fell asleep i thought it was boring what? i barely know what happens at the end just because i was drew was talking drew told me
1: that's not super surprising but didn't you kind of like infinity war a little bit
0: I mean, I thought it was entertaining. I didn't think it was great.
2: Avengers Endgame, I only like cried a little bit in the movie theater and I was like, I did good. Like, I'm a strong, independent woman. And then I was driving home and like an Adele song came on and I just started sobbing because it all hit me that this was like 11 years of my life. This all matters. Cause I saw it in like an hour away from where I live because my friend works for a gym and their gym. Did a private screening and she bought me a ticket as a belated birthday present so like i had like an hour's drive of me just like sobbing about the fact that like cap gets to be with peggy i shouldn't have done this on my period and it was just a whole shebang i loved it i saw it again
1: sunday
0: i mean i definitely wasn't as invested go go ahead drew
1: <laughs> i feel like endgame is kind of getting some return of the king itis you know, because like, I remember 2005, like, Return of the King got nominated for all these awards. It got all this love.
2: I don't think Endgame deserves an Oscar. I will go ahead and say that.
1: No, I, no, I, don't, I don't think it's going to get an Oscar, and I don't, wouldn't support that. But I think that, like, Return of the King was celebrated as a culmination of, like, of, like a grand pro- project. And think it got acc- accolades and love, e- even though I don't think it was the best, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings movie. I think that Endgame has like our feelings involved because I definitely emotionally invested. But oh man, even when it going on, like I, I the show it didn't rely lie about three hours. I I, I could have literally cut thirty minutes from it, or at least reality. it. Like I'm kind of tired of hearing how essential the three hours was, and there was and there was two separate scenes to explain the time travel. travel they didn't even stick with. I don't know, they could have like definitely trimmed some things down, some other things longer, like things that I did, did like, but um, no, like I ended up really, really liking everything Iron Man related, but some of the things that I think they th- thought were going to be cute didn't really land with me, but I still gave it, gave it an 8 out of 10, I enjoyed it, and now it kind of feel like when this zone, we're like, I have to go see all the Marvel movies.
2: I think um, I've seen a lot of people conflicted with Widow's ending, I've seen a lot of people criticizing it. Um, I want to go on record just because I think since she's a female character, my opinion as a woman kind of matters <laughs> about it. I actually really liked her ending because it had agency. She decided to give her life for that soul stone. She decided that she wanted Hawkeye to live, go back to her, like his family and all of this stuff. Like she decided to get a hero's life. And that matters because of what she... Her origin that mattered because she felt she had read in her ledger and all of that stuff. It also matters because in the comics, so often, every time she's come back from the dead, she's been so pissed off because she's just been like, No, I chose to die, or No, I died, you don't get to bring me back. So I was actually very okay with how Widow went. And like, I get that it's kind of like a little annoying that like another woman died for the soul stone, but at the same time, widow decided her death like it had agency so like i understand the criticism but i'm really okay with what happened
1: i actually really liked everyone's ending like that was one of the high points for me because i read an article about like, where like every storyline was resolved like everyone's arc had i guess an end or like it full circle because like you know, you know Widow got the fam- family and the rich that she wanted and then america got to live his life and Tony ended up sacrificing himself for something larger and Thor was able to like understand he's worthy and not carry this weight. So like, I love, I actually really liked where everyone ended up, you know, and I, I did get like emotional about it and stuff, but, but uh, I don't, you see a lot of people saying that stuff about like those death, And I was like, no, like, you know, like it wasn't like a meaningless gesture. Sure. And there a lot of agency in it. I, I, I didn't, it's too much time machine stuff. And Too much. I didn't didn't like like Professor Professor Hulk. I didn't.
2: I didn't either. I was like, can you just be Bruce? I don't like this. It was weird to me. I didn't like Professor Hulk. It was really weird to me. I also really appreciated there wasn't a whole lot of Captain Marvel. Like, as much as I love that character, this wasn't her closing arc. So I appreciated that she, she had moments, but she wasn't, you know, populating the screen all the time. Which I, that was something I was concerned about.
0: Well, for me, it was just so annoying. She could have solved the whole problem. And they're like, oh, shoot. She's in some other She's solar system. She's very busy. Shucks. She's, there's
2: other planets. <laughs> there's other planets.
0: <laughs> it's like, you guys are going to travel through time. Wait for her to signal back in on the radio. Like, wh- Like you can travel through time. It's not time sensitive. She's
2: very busy. She, and she also, has things to do. five years
0: later, wasn't that bad life was fine it wasn't even an apocalypse
2: Are you like team thanos
0: <laughs> yes actually i mean like
2: no.
0: people no. There, there was no suffering involved in the people's deaths they peacefully went out they're in the same place they're gonna end up anyways i mean like it like it's not like... that bad yes everyone's gonna die and you know what? That death wasn't that bad. I'm pretty sure they were in the Soul Stone. That's not where... There's no evidence for that, list. But
2: that's literally where, like, Doctor Strange was like, okay, we have to go. It's time.
0: Oh, so everyone he kills goes in the Stone... The, the Stones?
2: I mean, that's where they were in the comic.
0: Do all dogs go to, go to Soulstones? Stones?
2: I hope so, because that seems nice.
0: I mean, that's kind of it. Like I said, um... It was an expensive place to sleep, and it wasn't quite as – it was actually a little cold, and the seat warmers are so hot. Did you guys have seat warmers on your seats? I have the shittiest
2: theater in the world, so no, I didn't have a fucking seat warmer. Jesus Christ. This sounds like a really nice nap. I don't know why you're complaining. I've seen people nap at Disney World, and I'm like, that's $200 for a nap, bro.
0: Yeah, I mean, the nap – well, this is the problem with the nap. The movie theater was a little cold, and I'm not joking, dude. The seat warmer, like, hurt you. It was so hot. So you couldn't keep it on for more than, like, 30 seconds.
2: I've never been in a movie theater with a seat warmer.
0: I don't know if I ever had before either. But we, had, we had to travel about 30 minutes because every single other theater was sold out.
1: I went to a new dining-in theater and mall near my house, but since, like, it was all Avengers, it was, like, a three-hour runtime, and, like, they just had these huge, like, influxes when it was sh- showing... All the dumped food was like off the menu they' are like, we can't make this 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 i I know I'm so heartbroken, so I got popcorn instead, so it was still still classic. I thought I was gonna get the over the top vanilla shake, which is a thick vanilla shake with two two stuffed with haylot spread shoved into it.
2: I love dining theaters.
0: What was that crap you had on your feet? dude? that sounds what that that that's about what that sounds like. Oh gout, oh, gout. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like gout, dude. You're about to get. You, you know, thank them for saving you from getting gout again.
1: That's yeah, gonna, gonna be high cholesterol, not gout. It's
2: like you can really get gout from a milkshake.
0: Drew could. I guarantee <laughs> Drew could.
1: <laughs> mm. It's more than a milkshake, and I'll go back to that at the theater. Although I probably won't. That was weak.
0: One one of these days, I'm gonna pay someone to reenact Drew getting um attacked by the uh. Sea urchins. Get, getting attacked by the sea urchins in Zanzibar. That hurt so much. Priceless. You were so shitty
1: to me, dude. I, I, like, it hurt a lot. You were like, get up. Get up. hurt that much. Get up. Get up. Get up. I thought get, hit, get hit. No, I'm not going to go help, dude. Yeah, I'm going to keep taking a picture of this. It hurt it hurts so much.
0: I'll say this. I, I'm glad it was Drew and not me. Okay, I, I can admit that. But we literally witnessed, like, a three or four-year-old boy. <laughs> That mom was pulling the stuff out of his foot and he wasn't complaining as bad as Drew. Like, this is a fact. Well, okay, fucking, I, 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 I can was verify pulling that. I can
1: that. You weren't helping me. Like, I did. Just hit the sack and, like, nah, I cried. Okay, no one was taking <laughs> shit out of my foot. We had to wait until this old guy came by, felt bad for me, and took papaya and, like, shoved it on the foot. Because a papaya, I guess, like, anesthetizes it, but also pulls the sack out. That guy was nice. As to
0: you, <laughs> my friend. He's not bad. Ugh. Whatever. I will take the sea urchins in the foot over the virus I caught in Zanzibar, though. You have to admit that <laughs> yeah. thing. that that thing was was brutal. Hoysters, if you ever want to get a good laugh, go on vacation with <laughs> with our co-hoster Drew. Hey, you
1: know what? Lots of people people have done it. Please shout out. Okay. Um, and it went well. And Forrest, who is a who is a uh, he's a steady listener, he went on vacation with me. Maybe. He also made fun of me in the way that Jimbo did. So he had a good time.
0: All right. So, um, Liz, would you like the last um, insult to Drew, and then and then because I'm ready to go. Drew,
2: you're a lovely person. I'm not going to insult you right now. You've been you've been through enough today.
0: She gave a, a very cool take on that. There we go. Thank, Thank you, me. Liz. All right. Well, every day we hoistling Jimbo out. Uh, Everyday we hoist hoistland. Drew out.
2: Everyday we hoistland. Have a good day or night. I don't know when you're listening.